for listening to Los Championship Rounds. Today's guest is Ron Cruz, professional boxer, 20 fights, eight years in as a pro boxer. And thank you, Ron, for joining uh, Los Championship Rounds today. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I just want to start off with, well, how's your day going, first of all? What's going What's on? What's going on, Juan? Thank you, thank you for having me, man. Uh, my day's going good. Just training like usual. It's Sunday, so it's a day to go run at the beach and just kick it with my dog the rest of the day. Good, good, good. So, you know what, Ron? I want to, and I'll give a little disclaimer. Ron and I have been working for the past eight years. I'm his cut man. Uh, but I wanted to have him on the show because he has an interesting story. Not only is he a professional boxer, he's a trainer. But he also has a, a career as a, as a nurse. So we'll touch a little bit more into that um, as we move into the interview. But Ron, how did you get started in, in combat sports? What, how old were you when you first began uh, this sport or, or combat well, sports? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a funny story. I, uh, I really got into combat sports as a discipline thing. My, my mom wanted to make sure that I was getting that structure in my life. You know, so she uh, she decided to put me into karate at first when I was a kid. I think I was about five, six years old around there. And around that time, I um, I, I enjoyed it, but I just did it because, you know, my mom was making me go and uh, she made me start. So that that's really how I got my start in everything. I started with some taekwondo, some kicks, some punches. I learned the basics and uh, little by little, it just developed into something that I, I really ended up falling in love with. And it was uh, it was really my outlet as a youngster. How old were you when you began um, in, in, in the sport, uh, in combat sports? Well, I think I was about, I think I was about five years old. Five years old when I got into Taekwondo, I, I started and I really liked it. And from there, I, I really trained from five until I was about 12 or 13, I think 14 maybe. I took, um, I took two years off where I did some tackle football in high school. And then uh, I realized that combat sports is really my niche. I didn't really enjoy the whole uh, the team aspect of football and uh, kind of hated it, actually. I hated the fact that I had to depend on other people to get any kind of uh, recognition. So then I decided that, that my sophomore year was my last year playing tackle football and I would return to combat sports. And uh, I ended up making my way back to uh, Muay Thai. And uh, I found a gym that I really loved, and the, the rest is history, man. I just started. I think I was about 16 when I went back, and then I'm 30 now, so we've just been going, grinding, grinding. So Muay Thai was kind of where you, you pretty much fell in love with, uh, with uh, you know, a one-on-one uh, sport. Yeah, so what was it about Muay Thai that got you uh, so, like, you know, into it? What, what was it? Well, I always tell the story that when I was a kid, I think this is right before I started playing the tackle football. I, I was a kid and my mom was taking me to a few different schools and we ended up at this school, um, Victory in North Hollywood. And it was a, it, it was a jiu-jitsu school. So these guys used to use like sores and they would practice with nunchucks, et cetera, et cetera. Even though I was a kid, I still wanted to know that if I was learning something that I would really be able to defend myself. So I remember going into this, right, and I'm, I'm being a little smart-ass as a 13-year-old, asking the coach all kinds of questions, like, why do you guys do this? How am I going to do that? Like, if I get jumped in an alley, where am I going to pull out the nunchucks from? You know, like, trying to get a gist of, like, what you're trying to teach me. And he ends up giving me some garbage, like, some garbage responses. And I was like, you know what? This isn't it. Long story short, my mom takes me to this Muay Thai gym. It's uh, the first Muay Thai gym in America. It's called Muay Thai Academy, right? So I get there as a kid and I remember walking, I'll never forget the moment I walked in there. I walk in and it, it reeked of sweat. It was just like, it reeked of sweat. 
ass, feet, all all of the above. But what I what I remember hearing is coming in and you could hear these guys just like shirtless, sweaty dudes just kicking the bags. Like you could hear the kicks like resonating through the gym. And I remember just being like in all of this and thinking like, man, this is real. Like if I'm going to fight, I want to know how to use those weapons. I want to be able to fight like these guys are fighting. And I became obsessed with it ever since then. And that was that was really my start in Muay Thai right there. And, and the moment I came back after I played football, as soon as I came back into Muay Thai, I, I was obsessed with fighting. It had just become something that I wanted to that that became my ultimate goal in life is just to be a professional fighter. I wasn't sure what it would do or what it would entail, but I felt like that was my dream. Since I was about 15, I decided like that's that's the one thing I could say that I would do and I wouldn't feel like I'm working. Yes, yes. And you had a, a pretty good uh, amateur uh, Muay Thai career. I, um, tell us a little bit about that. When, when did you first start and, and where did that amateur career take you? Because you've been to some some of the biggest Muay Thai events. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's funny because, you know, as, as we're talking now, you know, you've uh, been my company for a long time. And I went from Muay Thai to boxing. But Muay Thai was really like... Um, I tell people, I joke around, I say, that's my long lost love, right? It's the love you never forget about. Because I remember being in that sport and I uh, I was just blessed to get really good opportunities. And I had, um, I would say I was gifted. I was gifted in in, um, in the way that I could fight Muay Thai. It's something that I really loved. I really studied. I really immersed myself into. And um, I was lucky enough to fight at some venues. I fought at the Hard Rock in Vegas. I fought at the Forum. My record was actually 18-3-1, I think, was my record yeah. as an amateur. So I had about 22 amateur fights. I had a few smokers, you know, the underground mm -hmm. fights. And uh, I really loved it, man. But then it just, you know, I ended up switching out from Muay Thai to boxing because I just, I realized boxing was more of a lucrative sport. It was yeah. something that would, that would be able to provide my, not only myself, but my family a living and something that could actually support you. You know, but Muay Thai was definitely a beautiful art. It's uh, it's something that without it, I wouldn't be where I am today. I learned a lot of lessons in that combat sport. Uh, took some lumps, some bruises, all that good stuff. You know, yeah, but yeah. that that's what we're in it for. Now I hear you. And so you jump from in 2014, you take the leap to become a professional boxer. Yes. As you mentioned, there was you know you saw maybe in, in Muay Thai the. Uh, financials were probably not as good as, you know, as, as in boxing, the opportunities. Uh, once you get into the boxing uh, as a professional boxer, what goes through your mind? Because it's a whole different, I mean, it's still a different beast. I mean, different politics, different uh, routes. Take us back to your first pro boxing fight. How, how, what was running through your mind? You know what, man? It's, it's funny because I tell people all the time that I, I just don't, I don't know how to explain. Okay, yeah, well, I do. I just don't want to sound cocky, but in my yeah. mind, I don't, I don't see how something that I really want to accomplish can't come to fruition, right? So I never, I never thought of, I always knew that no matter what path I took in combat sports, that I would be able to achieve whatever I really wanted to achieve. I think it really had to do with my desire. So when I was switching over to boxing, I never really second guessed myself. I never questioned myself if I had the abilities or if I would be able to get away with this or that. All I know is that we're going to put on gloves and we're going to fight and a fight's a fight, you know? So once we're in there, I mean, once I hit you in the mouth, we're going to find out what you're made of. Once you crack me, you're going to see what I'm made of and then we're going to find out. 
But of course, as the sport along and as my career started to develop, I started realizing that there's so many levels to boxing. Yeah. Boxing isn't just a fight. It's um it's a technical battle, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, all that stuff. So it was just a, it was a really eye-opening experience. That's for sure. And like you said, there's levels, uh, there's a process to it. I know you fought a lot of, I mean, you started off your four rounders. I'm, I'm, I know you had a lot of fights in Tijuana, a lot of fights out in uh, North Dakota. So it is a process. I mean, you've been to pretty much uh, all types of venues, whether you're uh, warming up in the back of a bar to uh, being in a nice uh, green room. Uh, tell us a little bit about those experiences and how they have molded you into the boxer you are today. You know what? I, I really love fighting and boxing and all combat sports because I feel like it really, it translates bigger than the sport itself, right? I think these are lessons that we take from boxing itself and we get to transition them over to our lives. So I really enjoyed the journey because it was, it's been really hard for me. Boxing has been really hard. It's something where I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do with guys that have a hundred or 200 amateur fights. And I have one, you know, as a boxer, I only had one boxing amateur. These guys are guys that have like tried to go to the Olympics or they've been to the Olympics. You know, the guys that I'm trying to fight right now are guys that have done it all in boxing. They've been there 150 times, 200 times. I've never been there. So for me, the road was a lot harder. I had to take the hard way up in boxing. So I've had to, all, most of my experiences come as a professional. Yeah. You know, and I fought like like you mentioned. You know, we've been you we've been in, in some bars and rinky dinky bars. We've been in some nice venues. We've been taken care of. We've uh, had some hard fights. We've had some good fights. But the lessons you get out of every fight is just—it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and I really I appreciate the opportunity to chase my dream. Every chance that I get to go out there and chase it. So besides all the stuff, like some things, some fights are harder than others. Some camps are harder than others. Some venues are shittier than others, right? But in the end, it's all about that journey. It's all about all those little, you know, those stumbles, those hard times. I think those times are the most, uh, the things you'll remember the most in the end. Yes, yes. And one thing I notice about you is that you're, you are who you are. I mean, you, you don't, you don't have two different personas as far as, you know, the fans are seeing Ron Cruz, you know, so I, I see that connection when we've been out and, 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 and venues, how the, the fans really connect with you. Uh, that I know that's an important thing for you, but how did you get to that point where, you know, where you understood that how, you know, the fans play such a big role in, in a boxer's career? Well, you know what, honestly, it's just, um, I really, like, I like to be, I like to be myself. I like to be honest. I like to be really open about things. And I, you know I me, mean? sometimes I share a little too much of myself with people. And, you know, I might not know them, but it's, um, I really, I really like to make feel people feel welcome. And if you've, if you've made the effort to come out and watch me fight and you're here, I feel like I, I should reciprocate the effort as a fighter. You came out and you supported me. The least I could do is come and say hi, hang out. You know what I'm saying? Spend a couple minutes, take some pictures, meet your kids. Like that's, I feel like that's the least that I could do as far as, as being a fighter, you know? And it's really, to me, it's an enjoyable thing for people to recognize what you do. Right. We dedicate our lives to this sport. I mean, I've spent the majority of my life fighting, right. You know, trying to get to these points and you couldn't get to these points without your fans. Exactly. If you don't sell tickets, you can't get here. You know, and you're someone that knows that you've been on some of the biggest stages yourself. So it's, it's the people that really make the fighter. Right. And I think that giving people a little bit of time and uh, 
an ear or a couple minutes, I think that's the least that I could do as a fighter. You know? Yeah, no, no, no. I definitely agree. And I see it. I mean, the fans really uh, connect with you. So that's, that's a big, uh, I think sometimes uh, professionals or anybody in, in this entertainment bit, because it is entertainment at the end of the day, you know, we're in the entertainment business. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, make somebody's, you know, day, like you said, take a picture, uh, things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. And I see that in you and that's a, that's a great, um, uh, how can I say that? It's just good on your part, you know, that you do that. Appreciate a lot of people that. may not know this, but, um, I mean, you are, you're a nurse, you know, by profession. Yeah. So taking a leap, I mean, you, you do well, you know, in that, in that profession, you do well, but your your goal and your dream is to become champion of the world. I'm sure that's that's what your goal is. So, how does uh, one transition into the other? And uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about that because I I know a little bit of that story uh, from you being a nurse. But I mean, to turn it on from being compassionate, having empathy uh, for your for your patients, for the people you work with, the people you care for. How does it? How do you turn that switch to become el diablo? in the ring where you're just, you know, you go out there and you're vicious, you know, you, you have a goal and the goal is to get through that opponent so that you can get to the next level. Tell us, tell us about that, Ron. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, being a nurse is something I think that that's naturally in me. I really care for people. I think I have empathy for a lot of people and I, I really enjoy helping. If I can help somebody in any way, I, that's a, it's a really big deal for me. So if I can go out and I can do, you know, if I'm getting paid to help people, I love it, man. I used, I used to love being a nurse. And it was something that it was kind of, it was kind of scary to leave nursing for boxing because it was a big leap. It was something where I was like, man, you know, you want to, you don't want to leave that security. You don't want to yes. leave that paycheck that you're getting every week. But I realized that I realized that part of the dream and part of the journey is taking those, those leaps of faith, right. Where you're afraid, where you're nervous, you know, and I think that, um, I think you've heard, I you know, you've heard it said before, if you want to take over the island, you got to burn the ships, you know, you got to burn That's the right. ships when you get there, right? So we kind of got to that point and we said, hey, we're going to do it. But as far as switching over from uh, nursing to El Diablo, El Diablo is a nickname that I got from a few friends of mine that knew me. It's, um, I, I love fighting. I love fighting overall. And for me, I take it a little personal if you if you sign that dotted line, it's personal for me because it's you're saying that you can beat my ass. And for me, that's something that's like, okay, I respect that and you're entitled to your opinion, but we're going to find out if you can beat my ass, right? So for me, that switch on is just a matter of hearing that bell click on and the first punch is being thrown. And I let that other, uh, that other side of me take over, right, you could say. And, um, and then once he takes over, I just let him have some fun. Uh, and I love that. I love that about you. And um, I think uh, we were with uh, Virgil was stating um, at the last fight that, you know, it, it's it's not a nice business. You know, we're not in the nice business. This is the hurt business. So um, right. you know, coming from Virgil, you know, being a, you know, multi-time champion, I mean, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's true. We're in the, we're in the hurt business. And after the fight's over, like you said, you can be, you know, friends and all that. Maybe, you know, you can help them heal up a little bit. But when, the, when those rounds are going, you're going to whoop some ass. So, yeah. No, That's I, right. Um, growing That's up right. or, or, or when you started your, your boxing career, were there any boxers that you were a big fan of that you're like, you know what? You know, that's somebody that, you know, I, I, I respect or or that, um, you know, that, that were maybe role models 
somebody that you're like aspire to to be like any boxers out there yeah yeah so it's funny because uh this is this is back in the day right i don't know if yeah. all my young viewers are gonna are gonna relate to this but you i don't know if you remember myspace yeah. so I, re I remember having a myspace and running across uh these roy jones these roy jones jr videos and this is when i was about 16 i used to do muay thai right so I used to watch this guy put his hands down and beat people up. And I was like, damn, like, that's really cool. Like, I wish I could do stuff like that. Right. So it was some, that was probably one of the fighters that I, that I really loved to emulate and watch. And I thought he was so unorthodox and I thought it was ridiculous that he could get away with some of the things he got away with. Yeah. So he's a fighter that I really looked up to when I was a lot younger. He's somebody that I love to watch. Um, I also enjoyed uh funny is uh, Ricardo Mayorga was another fighter that when I was young, he was, a. Uh, I, I aspired in a sense to, uh, to be able to accomplish what he accomplished, even though he was as crazy as he was, and he had all these vices, he was still able to accomplish such great things. And I thought, man, if this guy can do it like that, what can I do if I do it right? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was something where I was like, those two guys, Roy Jones for his style and craziness, Mayorga for like, damn, he did it, even though he was out there smoking and drinking, going up to the fights, and he still became a world champion. That that blew my mind. So those are two guys that made a, a very big impression on me when I was young. No, 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 no. And that's good. I mean, that's good that you bring that up because I'm sure Mayorga didn't have an easy road, you know, to get to that world title and to become world champion is no easy, you know, no easy task. So you got you got to give people respect to get into that uh to that you know ultimate goal of, of that championship 100%. if you if you could go back and say you know what i would have liked to have shared the ring with this boxer i would have liked to get in there and combat and in no way disrespect you know that the, the you know them but somebody that you would have said you know we would have had a good fight is there anybody that comes to mind you know out of all the fighters it's funny because i i think i would i've always wanted to fight canelo i think he's He's one of the greatest fighters alive right now, pound for pound. And I think that's somebody that I think all we all, all of us as fighters aspire to measure ourselves against the best, right? You have to measure yourself against the, the, the echelon, right? The top echelon of the sport so you can see where you fall. And I think that that would be a great fight just to find out what it's about. You know, that's the top 1%. That's as 1% as you can get right there. That, that, that's the test, like you said, as a, as a competitor. You want to see for, where you're at, right? I mean, that's exactly. That, yeah, it's not about the financials. Like some people be calling out people just because, but if you're, you know, if you're in this because you want to be the best, and to be the best, that that's a very uh, select group that that make it to that, you know, to that level. Um, you have to test yourself, you know. A hundred percent. Yeah, I always, um, I've always told everybody that that's my that's my dream. All I want to do is find out where I, if I can accomplish the things I believe I can accomplish, I want to see if I'm as good as I think I am. And the only way to find that out is to fight the best. That's right. No, no, I, I totally yeah. agree with you. What does 2022 have in store for you? What, what are, what are your goals for this year? I mean, we just started um, the year, but what are, I know that you, we've talked and, and we have, um, a, you have some goals. So what, tell us a little about, about what's going to happen or what you hope will happen in 2022 for Ron Cruz. What I hope and know deep down in my soul is that this is the year we get on TV. We're going to get a big fight this year. Um, I've gotten a couple calls for some top 10 guys. So 
I know that this is the year that we're going to get that right opportunity that we've been waiting for and looking for. Um, I'm just healing up from my last camp. I had a little injury, so set me back a little bit. But right now we're hitting the ground running, and I'm excited to see what um, what offers fall on our plate, you know? No, 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 that's that's good. And um, that's a great uh, way to look at it because the year's young, and um, there's a lot of, like you said, the calls are coming. You're top 20. Top 20 in the U.S., one of the best fighters in the world. So I'm sure those calls, you know, will continue to come and, and you'll get there. You'll get there. That's that's no, no doubt about that. Thank you, Juan. We're going to get there, baby. Yes, yes. And uh, if you had three fights this year out of those top 10, 154 pounders, who would be your number one, two and three for the year? Of course, Charlo, because he's a world title contender. Um, or he's not a contender, excuse me. He's a champ, right? Charlo has the belts. And um, he's one. Brian Castano would be the other because he has the other belt. And then someone else I've been looking at for a bit in my weight class is Fandora. He's somebody that I like because I think he's uh, I think he's, he's an awkward fight. He's tall. He's long. He's young. I think that would be a great test, a great way to test myself to see if I'm ready for the big dogs. So that's a fight that I'm looking forward to make happen this year. And um, I think it's going to happen this year. Good, good, good. No, no, that's, those are good. Yeah, those are good uh, quality. Well, you got a champion and then quality opponents in the other two. So, no, that's that's great. Any, uh, I know family's important to you. I've, I've worked with you. What keeps you focused, you know, for these goals and for, um, you know, for, I mean, your number one goal is to become champion, but what keeps you that energy, that, that fire in you to continue? You know, I, um, I always try to remind myself why I started the journey I started, right? It before, before it became about belts, before it became about money, before it became about fame or fighting number one contenders, or it was all about the dream, about loving fighting and about getting, getting an opportunity to do something that you love. So for me, when I, some days I feel down or some days I feel like, God damn, like I don't want to get up. I'm not trying to go run 10 miles right now. I'm not trying to eat chicken for the 15th time this week. I remind myself like, hey, you know what? We sacrificed, we sacrificed pretty much our whole life to get to this point. And it would be quite a waste to just let it all slip away just because we're kind of tired, just because we don't want to get up. Right. You know, so every day I remind myself like we're so close. I tell myself, you're close champ. Just keep going. Just keep going one foot in front of the other. We just got to keep going, man, you know, till we get to that, till we get to that big opportunity and we find out what we're made of. Yes, yes. No, 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 that's right. You got to keep um, pushing yourself because, I, I, you know, the, a lot of times I think we create our own roadblocks, our own mental blocks that prevent us from getting to the next level. From get, You know, so no, no, those are totally great, um, great points you bring up. Any shout outs? sponsors that you want to shout out um yeah yeah yeah. i got i got a few i got a few let me see first of all i'd love to shout out my coach my main man edgar ponce at a1a boxing he's um he's helped me hold it down from the jump i couldn't be where i am right now without edgar edgar's a staple in my camp he's somebody that i would uh i would die for you know he's a he's a great man he's a great coach father figure for me he's someone i really i really love a1A Boxing, uh, where I train out of. That's my jam. I love to give a shout out to Papa Juan that hands those sushi, owned by a good friend of mine, a good longtime sponsor as well. He's somebody who's been a part of the team for a while now. 
Um, another sponsor I love to shout out is Friends and Family Automotive. They're out in Canoga Park. Another great group of people that take care of me. And last but not least, I'd love to give a shout out to Cutman for Hire, man. Because you're you. the man. I really appreciate you, Juan. And it's been, a, it's been a great journey. It's been a great, pleasant journey with you. You're an awesome man. You're an awesome cup man, husband, father, all of the above. And it's, it's, a great, it's great to have you as a friend. No, th thank you, Ron. And I, this, likewise, I mean, I, I got, and you know, this is your interview, but you know, thank you for that. Um, you know, you get to a point where, where you, you can pick and choose who you work with. And I, you know, I, I love working with you. Uh, you become family. We're all, we are family, you know, we're at that point where, you know, if you needed something, I, you know, I'm there for you. And um, I think we're at that level, man. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's great. It's a great feeling. Um, we're almost done with the interview, but uh, any, where can people find you? Social media, Instagram, where, where can they reach out to you? Yeah, if you, um, two ways to find me. Hashtag Ron Cruz. You'll find me all over social media, or you can look me up on Instagram, Ronald underscore Cruz underscore. Real simple, real basic. So you'll find me there. Easy money. And if you could give a, a youngster, that 13-year-old, that, that, that 12, 13, 14-year-old, that's starting off, you know, their career, uh, you know, maybe they're training Muay Thai, boxing. If you can give them any tips, uh, you know, what would you, what would you, um, what would you tell them? I think the biggest tip that I could give anybody, and that's something that I'm always going to tell all these youngsters is don't give up and just keep going. Decide what you want and just go for it. You're always going to have people that are trying to, even out of love, people are going to try to guide you a different way than, than what you're dreaming of because Usually dreams sound crazy, but I think, I think you got to go for it. I never thought I'd be training with Mike Tyson. I never thought I'd be getting paid hundreds of dollars to go spar these world champions. And then here you are, you know, you're getting calls to do, to like live your dream. And if I would have listened to all the people that told me I couldn't do it, I wouldn't be here. So I got to tell the youngsters, just keep going, baby. You believe in it and ride it out till the wheels fall off, baby. That's right. That's right. No, you're right. I mean, people sometimes try to discourage they don't see the dream, but you can't, you got to keep moving forward and, and, and live your dream. It's your dream, not there. So you got to do that. That's you know what? Right. We're going to end up, uh, I have something called, let me get this, uh, get out, get this out here. It's called 12 rounds in 60 seconds. So basically oh, cool. it's 12 questions. Just blast them off. You just uh, give me the first answer that comes to you, to your, um, <laughs> To your mind all right just all right let's do it let's have right. fun with this right? get me fun. nervous all right get no, it no, get no. it okay okay <laughs> okay here we go right yep, yep. fight movie southpaw tacos or burritos oh breakfast or lunch <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's go tacos tacos uh dream car any dream cars bentley bentley, bentley okay uh, yeah. Okay, WBC, IBF, WBA, or WBO? Oh, come on, Juan. The WBC, baby. You know, that's <laughs> what we got to go with. <laughs> All right. Uh, guilty pleasure. Something that you do just, you know. Guilty pleasure is McDonald's. <laughs> My all-time love, McDonald's. <laughs> uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie is Zoolander. With Ben Stiller. Dog or cat? Dog. Arena you would dog. like to perform in? My dream arena is the MGM Grand. 
always wanted to perform there for whatever reason. Uh, favorite music? Favorite music, hip hop, or Ariana Grande? Ariana Grande. Best walkout song? Ooh, best walkout song. Um, uh, Russ flute song. If you could step into the ring with uh, anybody, past or present, who would it be? Canelo. All right, Ron. That was it. 12 rounds in 60 seconds. Oh, man. Had me nervous. Had me nervous. <laughs> no, no, no. We try to keep it. We try to keep it. Uh, you know, PG here. <laughs> I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to embarrass my boxing IQ. No, no, no anything. No, no. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, man. Um, no, I just want to thank you for being on those championship rounds. Uh, this is gonna. This is episode two, and um, it was just a pleasure having you on and just getting to see, you know, where you began your career, uh, where you've been, and um, where you're going. Um, you have a bright future. Uh, stay motivated. And um, any. Any uh, last words before we end the, the interview, Tayron? Just want to thank you so much for having me, Juan. And uh, God willing, we make it to that world championship real soon here. Amen. You know, but thank you for having me, Juan. It was awesome. Can't thank wait for the you, next one. Yeah, and I want to thank uh, our, our listeners for listening to uh, Los Championship Browns and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you, Ron. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>